Hello and welcome to another edition of Hawks Insider. This is Craig Lawson, your weekly host. And this week's show is full of interviews with some of the returnees for the Hawks. As later on, Mike Peterson and Casey Dykstra, a couple of bullpen arms for the Hawks, as well as one of the leading hitters from last year, DJ Poteet, will join me in this week's show. Want to get to a couple of notes from around the Pioneer League. One a uh, celebratory moment, and then one a little bit of some sad news. First of all, the Oakland Ballers, who originally were believed to be playing their inaugural season at Laney College, have instead decided to play at Raimondi Field in West Oakland. It's a old ballpark. They have entered into a, an agreement with the city of Oakland to put $1.6 million of upgrades into that field. It will include a brand new scoreboard, a track man system, and seating that will bring the capacity up to around 2,500 spectators in their first season within the Pioneer League. Right now, the deal is only for one year. However, an extension is already in the works, so stay tuned for more news out of Oakland with the expansion Ballers Ball Club. Some sad news around the Pioneer League is Carl Iwasaki has passed away. Iwasaki spent last year as the Grand Junction Jackalopes bench coach. This followed a 13-year career as the head man at the University of Northern Colorado, his alma mater. He had retired at the end of the 2022 season and then came back last year to be part of the Pioneer League with the Jackalopes as a bench coach. An interesting note on Iwasaki, he is tied to the Memorial Stadium in the Treasure Valley as during his tenure at Northern Colorado, he was the man in the visitor's dugout when the Bears took on Boise State in the Broncos' home opener back in 2020. And, of course, later on with COVID, that program was dropped at Boise State. But Iwasaki was, in fact, the head man at Northern Colorado on that marvelous opening night at Memorial Stadium. And he was certainly a very good baseball man. I enjoyed the conversations I was able to have with him during the Bears' visit to the Treasure Valley four years ago. And he is a man who will certainly be missed. And our hearts go out to his friends and family. But up next, it will be Mike Peterson joining me. And again, after that, it'll be Casey Dykstra and then DJ Poteet. So come back to this week's edition of Hawks Insider. Welcome back to this week's edition of Hawks Insider. Craig Lawson being joined now by Michael Peterson, one of the bullpen arms for the Hawks. And Michael, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Now, I want to go back. You're a, you're a Pacific Northwest guy. I'm uh, growing up in Pullman, went to Pullman, Washington, went to Western Oregon, um, now pitching with the Hawks. So, Talk a little bit about just, uh, you know, I don't know, do you, does your family get an opportunity to ever see you pitch, at, uh, given, given the fact that most of your games are pretty close to home? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you mentioned, there, uh, I grew up in Pullman, Washington, and uh, my parents have the summers off, so they're able to come down to Boise pretty frequently. And, uh, I mean, Pullman's not super far from any of the teams in our league that are in Montana, too, so they're able to come over there during the summertime. And, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Well, talk about your uh, your transition. So in college, pr- predominantly a starter, you've been almost exclusively, actually exclusively a reliever in the in the pro level. What was the first conversation like um, when you were going to transition from being a starter to a guy coming out of the bullpen? Well, yeah, in college, I actually never came out of the bullpen. Um, starter all 
or both my years at Western and the two years prior at Walla Walla Community College. And I actually, I went to uh, Sioux Falls before coming to Boise. So I came out of the bullpen there a couple times. Um, and then when I came over to Boise, it was kind of a um, little bit of a different situation. And I was just trying to kind of find a spot on a team and I reached out to Gary and then he provided me an opportunity and I was kind of just trying to get innings anywhere. I wasn't super concerned with if I was coming out of the bullpen or if I was starting, it was more of just a, let me get on the mound and pitch kind of thing. Sure. Well, you're a guy that uh, 45 and a third innings last year. So among the guys that were exclusively out of the bullpen, you, you led the team and you, you got, you, you've pitched in all kinds of different roles in relief for, for the Hawks. Uh, including some at the at the very end, you know, going for a couple of saves. So is there a different mindset when you're coming into the game, say sixth, seventh, eighth versus that ninth inning where you know it's your job to get the final three outs? I would say it kind of uh, – yes, it kind of depends on the situation. Like if you're coming in and a starter has a bumpy outing and you're coming in and you got to eat some innings, you kind of got a different mindset, more of a pitch to contact. But if you're coming in towards the end of the game and you know you only got to get three outs, you might as well give it everything you got. For those uh, three, hopefully three batters that you end up facing. Now, talking to Gary uh, last year, he, he mentioned you as a guy that could come back pretty quickly. Like, you know, you give him a couple innings. Uh, one night, you might still be able to give come back the next night. So what do you do to to, to keep your arm fresh and, and maybe not need as much recovery time as some guys do? Yeah, um, I think it, it's, I credit a lot to my preparation. Um, just doing, you know, a lot of mobility and arm care before and after games, um, getting to the field early, stretching out, rolling out, making sure I'm getting my workouts in and just kind of staying on top of everything in that regard. And you referenced uh, you starting your professional career back in Sioux Falls and and then uh, back in 22 and then and then moving over to the Hawks and then obviously with us last year. So what was your, your first connection to Gary and exactly how did you wind up with the, with the Boise Hawks? Yeah, so after my junior year at Western Oregon, um, Gary was supposed to be actually the coach at one of the West Coast League teams, the Cowlitz Black Bears, and he had reached out to me then in sometime around the wintertime, and I was planning on going there that summer, and then he got the job with the Hawks. Um, so obviously he didn't end up coaching there, and then I still had his contact information. We kind of kept in touch here and there, and then after Sioux Falls didn't end up working out, I reached out to him for an opportunity to play, and that's kind of how the my career started with the Hawks. And talk a little bit about what the experience has been like. What's you know what's it like in the Pioneer League, playing in front of the the fans in the Treasure Valley, and maybe and maybe what's one of your favorite spots on the road to pitch? Yeah, uh, I think I mean not on the road, but I think Boise is a great town or a great city, I should say. We get great fans there, um, great field, clubhouse is full of great guys. Uh, as far as my favorite place to play, I would say. Maybe Glacier. I know it's a turf field, turf mound, but just the atmosphere there. It's a brand new stadium, mountains in the backdrop. Uh, the clubhouses are pretty much the real deal. So, yeah, that's a that's a cool park to play in. Now, have you pitched on a turf mound prior to Glacier at any point in your career? Yeah. Uh, Western Oregon actually had a turf mound. Okay. So that was my home mound in college. Now, I've heard different thoughts. So some guys say they like it because they never have to worry about the – the, the plant hole being different than the other guy when they go out there, but other guys don't like it because it doesn't have the, the feel they're used to. So what, what are your thoughts on the, on the turf mound? I've, as long as you, as long as you are still able to pitch in spikes, I've never had an issue with it. The only time I have an issue is when you have to pitch in like rubbers and let's say it's wet out and the landing spots like pretty slick. That's the only time that I've had any trouble with it. But other than that, I think 
turf and dirt mounds are fairly similar. And last question before I let you go, what uh, what are you most looking forward to in 2024 with the Hawks? Well, I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing a lot of the a lot of the returning guys for sure, hanging out with them on a daily basis. And I'm 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 really looking forward to getting some wins, um, getting back on the mound, performing, and yeah. Michael, I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to catching up with you when uh, when the team's back in camp in May. Sounds good. Thank you. That was Michael Peterson, our guest on this week's edition of Hawks Insider. When we come back, we'll be talking to Casey Dykstra. Stay tuned. Welcome back to this week's edition of Hawks Insider. Pleased to be joined now by Casey Dykstra. Casey, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You're a guy that uh, joined the Hawks uh, partway into last year. Uh, just maybe take us back to, to last season and, and and your relationship with Gary Van Tal and how you got hooked up with him and and became a member of the Hawks. Yeah, so actually it's a pretty unique story, actually. So um, started the year with another team in the American Association. Um, then a whole bunch of things happened with my owner and my manager. Um, I was kind of there to play for that manager, and um, manager and owner split ways. So um, that kind of led me to looking for a new team. And it was kind of tough because that was at the start of the Pioneer League season. And with that being said, no, no teams were looking for guys at the moment. So um, I was in a weird spot. Wasn't sure if I was going to be able to find a team or not. And I had my my manager and a couple of my other coaches um, from the team I was previous, previously on had a connection to Gary and in Boise um, and ended up giving him a call. He said, um, I have nothing. I don't have anything secured for you yet, but there's a possibility something can open up. Um, he's like, if you want to start to head this way, um, as in Boise, um, I was in Wisconsin at the time. So um, packed my truck up drove to Boise without knowing what would happen, but knew when I got there and I, when I knew Gary um, could get his eyes on me that he knew he had something special in front of him. And um, after like a week of training with Gary, I went to the field with him um, before Hawks games just to kind of stay going there before the players got in. So they didn't see this guy coming in while obviously they're starting their season. Um, and I'd go hit with Gary, I'd, I'd throw, and he'd kind of let me get my work in there. And it was still kind of up in the air if I had a had a job yet. And um, something opened up. Someone ended up getting hurt. One of the – I think Matt Gabbert, he signed with the Twins, so there was an extra spot that opened up. And Gary called me. He said, hey, um, we leave for Grand Junction tomorrow. If you want to be on the bus, the spot's yours. And it was there the next morning. Um, and, yeah, it was a pretty cool story just because um, it was at a tough spot in life. I didn't know – if I was going to have to go back to California and keep looking for a team, didn't know if um, I was going to find a spot, but um, I knew God had a plan for me. And uh, Boise is just a great spot to spend all last year. How how uh, how quickly, and I and obviously around you a little bit, but I want to hear from you, how quickly or how easy or difficult, whatever was it for you to get uh, – to get acclimated to a new group of guys who would, you know, just they've been together for a little bit. And like you say, you weren't here at the start of training camp last year. So, so what was it like to get to, to get to know guys and how quickly did you have to get up to speed? Yeah. So to be honest, it was actually pretty, pretty quick, pretty awesome. It was um, a lot different coming from the team I was previously on because the team and league I was previously in the American association, there's a lot of veteran players. There's a lot of guys who are 30, 35 years old who have played many years of affiliated ball some who've even played in the bigs, AAA. Um, whereas I switched teams to 
the Pioneer League with the Boise Hawks, and it's a lot of college got guys who would have been picked up in that 40 round draft if it was still a thing. Um, but just a, a bunch of guys who are talented baseball players who didn't get that opportunity. Um, like I said, as if there was a 40 round draft. So a lot of guys my age, a lot of guys still hungry that knew they had the potential to play affiliated ball and who are still um, hungry and chasing that. So you came in last year, uh, bullpen guy, uh, you know, I talked to Mike Peterson earlier in the show and asked him the same question. I'm about to ask you, but what's the difference in mentality when you're coming in a game and say the seventh or the eighth versus Gary gives you that ball in the ninth inning and you know it's your job to get out number 27? Yeah, no, uh, it's, it, it is an honor to get the ball in the ninth. You know that uh, obviously Gary has faith in you. Um, he knows that the team wants you in that situation. They want you in that in that spot, whether it's coming in. Um, like you said, in the seventh, eighth inning with bases loaded guy on and you have to find a way to get outs. Or if it's you get that ball in the ninth inning in a safe situation and you got to go out there and shove it and, and get the win. Um, for me, I, I try to I try to take it all the same. I I want to go out there thinking every inning is that ninth inning, thinking that I got to go out there and shove it. I got to go fill up the zone, let my defense make plays. And if I miss barrels, I miss barrels. Um that's kind of my mentality, just challenging every hitter, knowing that I'm going to throw my best pitch at them. And if they can hit that, tip my cap. But I know they're not going to be able to do it pretty often. So um, that's what's this, off Sorry. What's, what's this offseason been like knowing um, you're going to be back with the Hawks, a team that you had some success with a year ago? Um, you know, what's your offseason been like knowing you've got a place going into to 2024? Yeah, no, um, offseason has been great. I've uh, been training in fu- at Futures Training Facility in Corona, California. Uh, it's a baseball-specific training facility. And um, my whole life, my whole baseball career, if you want to call it that, I've always just kind of been someone who's had a great work ethic in the weight room. Um, but moving into this offseason, um, went to a new facility, and all of the training that I've been doing the last couple of months have all kind of been baseball-specific. So really – Instead of just bench pressing and doing a back and by day, pull day, it's all explosive speed work. How fast can I move? How fast can I um, move the weight? And that just translates to baseball speed, baseball strength, and ultimately um, seeing some velo jumps, getting on the mound and taking care of my body, making sure my arm's in, in great health and not um, not having anything to worry about going into the year, just knowing that I'm well prepared and, and ready to go. Casey, last question before we, we let you go. What uh, what are you looking at for a target date to get back to the Treasure Valley? And then what are you looking forward to most in the 2024 season? Yeah, so um, obviously our, our report date is May 1st. Uh, the plan for me is to get back probably a week before that. Um, shooting for the end of April, don't have an exact date yet, um, but we'll definitely be back the end of April. Um, being here in Southern California, it's like a 12 and a half hour drive. Should only take me a full day to make it. Um, so that's the plan. I want to get up there. Um, and excited to get the, get to work. Um, been, been waiting for this all, all the last couple of months, but, um, answering that second part, my favorite part, um, and what I'm most looking forward to is definitely playing in front of our fans and getting to know, um, this new group of guys. we got a good amount of returners, but, um, definitely a lot new of new faces. Um, and, um, uh, just really excited to, to learn more about them, get to know them. Cause obviously we're all, um, we're part of a team, but we're all rooting for each other to make that jump. 
to the next level to affiliated baseball because obviously our end goal is to get there and then um, make it to the MLB one day playing playing in the major leagues. But um, yeah, just building relationships with the guys that that last a long time. I know that was a, a cool part about last year, getting to know a lot of the guys and still talk to them on a weekly basis um, Been checking up on them and and their baseball journey. But yeah, I'd say playing in front of these awesome fans um, and getting to know this uh, really good group of guys. So, well, Casey, yeah. we look forward to you and appreciate you taking the time and uh, we'll, we'll see it. We'll see it in a couple months. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, really looking forward to being on Boise. That was Casey Dykstra. When we come back, we'll visit with DJ Poteet. You're listening to Hawks Insider. Welcome back to this week's edition of Hawks Insider. Craig Lawson, pleased to be joined by DJ Poteet now. DJ, thanks for taking the time during the offseason to visit with us. Yeah, it's a a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Appreciate it. Uh, Well, tell us a little about the offseason. What have you been working on to get ready for 2024? Yeah, I would say the main thing, I mean, just kind of what I've been doing for the past couple of years, ever since I started uh, playing pro ball. But um, this year, especially, like just making sure the body's right, um, staying healthy. Uh, kind of my problem last year was ran into a little bit of a small injuries throughout the year. Um, they kept me sidelined uh, for maybe 20, 25 games. So this year, definitely the main goal is to stay healthy and play as close to as 100 games as I can, or 96 or whatever it is. Yeah, you talk about that. I mean, yeah. obviously the injuries sidelined you at times, but mm-hmm. uh, still, when you're healthy, I mean, 336 average, nearly 40 extra base hits, 52 runs batted in, 15 stolen bases. So those numbers can obviously only go up if, if you're healthy for the full season. But what do you work on most? I mean, whether it be you're in the batting cages, maybe as, as a guy who steals bases, how do you divide your time as you're getting ready for a, a game? Yeah, definitely my priority in the offseason – um, it's definitely hitting. Like, as you know, that's that's where the game is now. Um, just kind of cleaning up my swing, uh, swing path and all that. Um, just, you know, f- hitting with some hitting coaches I've hit with for a couple of years now and um, just researching swings and all that. I'm a swing junkie, I guess you could say. I just like to watch some of the best big league hitters. Um, don't have one particular guy. I mean, there's just a couple I like to watch. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and as the season gets closer – um, kind of tone it down in the weight room a little bit, more maintenance stuff now. I'm um, working on my speed and getting on the field again um, for the month or two leading up to the season and getting, uh, working on like defense and stuff like that. So let's talk about your swing then. When, when mm-hmm. things are going well versus when maybe you're in a little bit of a slump as everybody goes through, do you still go back and spend as much time looking at film when it's going good as when it's not going so well? Um, I would say in the past, I wasn't a big film guy, but this offseason – I've really, I've honestly filmed my swing every day. Um, and sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing because I get too caught up in that. So I, as the season's approaching, I try to do less and less film, but definitely early on, it was, I mean, ever since I started hitting, probably took it like a month off and started hitting again in November. Um, I was filming every day, every day I hit. Um, I don't know. I think it's helped me tremendously because um, sometimes I feel like I'm doing something wrong, but I see the video and I, doing it right or vice versa. So I think, I think video is a, is a huge um, part of my game now. Um, and even during the season, like before games, I'll probably be filming my swing in the batting cage and stuff like that, just to make sure it's right for the game. Now, every I've talked to a lot of guys about hitting and there's a lot of different philosophies out there. So when you're looking at your swing, are you concerned about maybe being too open, too close with your feet, where your hands are at getting started early? What are you looking for that, 
when it's, when you think it's not going well, what do you need to fix in those moments? Yeah. When it's, when it's not going well, it can be a, a number of things. Um, I mean, honestly, when I'm going well, I don't really think about anything. I'm just up there. See ball, hit ball, to be honest. Um, and then when I'm not going well, I mean, that's when I kind of go back and resort to the video. Um, I, I'm, I'm huge on like bat path. Um, and that's probably, that's probably the biggest thing I focus on, especially during the off season right now. I think I cleaned that up a little bit. Um, so yeah, during the season, I would say, I mean, it's half the time it's timing. Um, and that, and that could be for a multitude of things. It could be lower half, upper half. It just kind of depends on the day. As you know, like one day you feel good hitting the next day, you feel like you've never hit before. So it's just a constant battle more, honestly, more mentally than it is physically, um, with me, uh, just making sure I'm swinging at the right pitches and I'm on time is the two main things I focus on during the season. Off season is more mechanics. I, I got to ask you a little bit off topic mm-hmm. about your personal game, but, uh, your alma mater wake forest had a great run last year. Uh, yeah. Guys in the clubhouse had the college world series on all the time. How, how cool was that to see, to see the demon Deacons make a deep run in Omaha? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I mean, I was texting my coach throughout the season, just letting him know like how, like how awesome it is that how, how great of a season they had. And I still knew maybe like one or two kids on the team from when I was there. Um, so I, I would text them and whatnot. And before the Hawk season started last year, I went up to watch a game. Um, and I know they're the number one team in the country right now, too. So the past the past year and a half has been great for the program. Um, and Coach Walter and his staff are doing a phenomenal job there. Now, you told me we were, we were setting this interview up, and you told me you're coaching some youth ball in the mm-hmm. offseason. What's yeah. that been like? Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I coach travel ball. like a, I'm an assistant coach on a 14U and 16U team. I'm down here in Georgia, and, I mean, it's year-round down here. Um, there's some great baseball players, so it's – we're starting to practice on the fields now um, once, once the weather's getting a little bit warmer. So, and, and the tournaments are perfect game tournaments are starting up here, like in the next two weeks. So we're ramping up a lot. We practice like three times a week now. So, I mean, it's, it's a busy schedule. These kids are out here. Eighth, mostly eighth graders, the high school kids are playing high school ball now, but um, the eighth graders are, I mean, practicing three times a week, two hours a day. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, but um, these kids love it. And I love coaching them. It's, it's really fun because they really like to be out there. I'll let you go here after one more yeah. question, but you're going to, you're going to come back. Uh, I'm sure like everybody else, end of April, beginning of May, get ready to get rolling for uh, a May 21st opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer this question for me. It's a successful season for DJ Poteet. If. Uh, I mean, obviously the goal is to win a championship. Um, individually, I'd say just building on the, the season I had last year and getting a little bit better in every, every offensive category I can and, and defensive. Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, it's to win a championship. And so however I can help the team do that, that's, that's probably would be considered a successful season. Well, DJ, we yeah. look forward to, to watching you and your teammates pursue that title in 2024. Yeah. And appreciate you taking the time this week. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was DJ Poteet. And that'll wrap it up for this week's edition of Hawks Insider. Thanks for listening. Next week we'll wrap up, February as we get closer to opening day.